and I am the founder. I'm also one of the, the hosts. Um, today, I am going to be uh, joined shortly in a few minutes uh, by a woman named Zuzana Markova, who is in Slovakia. And we are going to talk about why it's important to understand your subconscious mind. Susanna has studied and uh, uh, under she understands the subconscious mind in a, in, a, in a different way than I do. Um, we have a lot of similarities. However, my background is a, a little bit different. So we're going to do a topic discussion, which will then turn be turned into a podcast. Okay, She's going to be joining me shortly. So I want to welcome all of you to the Self-Achievement Network. And thank you for joining. Um, so just to start off with, we are live in the Self-Achievement Network page. The reason why is because it allows me to broadcast out to many different uh, of our subgroups at the same time without having to go in and click, 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 click. It's a little bit uh, time consuming to do that. So I'm sure you understand. So we will post the link um, in the larger group and are in our community and people can go and, and come and watch us if they're interested. And that's why we're another reason why we're doing it this way. So we have, um, I'm starting to have more guests in uh, the different groups, the marketing group, the health and fitness group, um, soon to be parenting group, uh, things like that. So that people can then, um, we can post the links to those, those videos, the podcasts, the why it's important topic discussions, and uh, then people can come and uh, click on it, watch it if they want, if they're interested. Um, I want to reserve the main group for people that um, are, you know, they're, they're uh, nominated for person behind the passion and uh, other things like that. So um, she is there in the background. She will be joining shortly. So the subconscious mind. Everybody talks about the subconscious mind is mysterious. It's, you know, everybody's got an opinion about it. Um, I would just want to tell you my, a little bit about my background. Again, my name is Dominic. I'm the founder and the host. Um, I, in my late 20s, I was very fortunate to be recommended to go do this seminar. The seminar was called The Experience of Your Life. It was a four-day very intensive, introspective look at who we are and specifically who I am, okay? And I began to study and learn and all this great stuff about this conversation that goes on in our mind. And one of the things that I learned is that uh, prior to doing this seminar, right, I was like, I was aware that I thought I had thoughts. However, I mostly thought that those thoughts were random. And it didn't really dawn on me until after I went through this program that I had the ability to direct and control those thoughts and could shift it from, you know, maybe I was on a downward, downward spiral about something in my life. I didn't realize that I had the control to like unwrap that and begin to think in a totally different direction. So I became very interested in this whole thing about personal growth and development. And so 
the uh, the organization was called the Institute for Self Actualization, and so um, I just wanted to read up to you guys a little bit about what that really means and what that what that looks like. Um, if you don't know of a guy named Maslow, okay, and again they didn't base all the stuff on Maslow. It wasn't about that. It's just the word self actualization. Is, is just, just a word that has meaning behind it to describe what that is. Like what is a self-actualized person, self-actualized human being? And how does that relate to the subconscious mind, right? Um, uh, it says, you know, self-actualization in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the highest level of psychological development where the actualization, that means to be, to make things real, right? So it's taking things from thoughts to reality, to actualize, right? Um, of full potential or full po personal potential is achieved, which occurs only after basic and mental needs have been fulfilled. So if you look at a, a triangle, let me shift back over here so I can see myself. If you, if you look at a triangle, okay? And Maslow's hierarchy of needs was divided and he divided this triangle up into segments. And at the very bottom was survival needs. And then all these different emotional needs, da, 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 da. and then at the very top is this thing called self-actualization, which is all about potential. So what I had learned that made the biggest difference in my life was about how do I get from this living in survival mode at the bottom of the, the, uh, the triangle to potential? It all had to do with to actualize, to self-actualize my potential as a human being, right? So I began to work on myself and work in the direction of actualizing, okay, the things that I wanted in my life, relationships, love, uh, money, um, career, uh, business, you know, all these different things that I had swimming around in my brain. I was like, one of these days I'm going to make this become real. You know, and, and people use this word very loosely about success. And see, to me, what I learned was that success was all about what I define it to be. So um, I'm looking at um, Well, hello, I'm live. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Zuzanna. Well, you're not on the camera yet, but I will bring you up in just a second here. Three, two, one. You see it? Oh, yeah, no, okay. I see it. Hey, there you are. Hello. Hey. <laughs> you're here, finally. Yeah, sorry for being late. It's kind of my, one of my trades that I need to work on. Well, start today. <laughs> right now, right here. Yeah, right now, right here in the present. Um, let me just finish up the the um, talk that I was talking about, For and sure. then I will go Place, right? come back and I'll give you a little short introduction, and then um, you can tell us about you. But I was giving them a little bit of a background about um, the topic that we have today, which is about understanding our subconscious mind and where I sort of learned about that and like that. And I was talking about self-actualization, which was Maslow's, you know, thing with the triangle. 
So um, my point being was that it's about, like the triangle is about, in Maslow's description, he divided that up into several different layers and the very bottom layer was about, or is about, um, being in, in survival mode and the very top is about being yeah. in, in survival potential mode. mode. Long story. Yeah, yeah. So I was just describing the, the definition from Maslow's definition about, you know, people. And then what does it mean to be a self-actualized person, right? Self, self-actualized people, I'm going to read it, are those who are fulfilled and doing all they are capable of. It refers to the person's desire for self-fulfillment, namely to the tendency for him or her to become actualized, right? To yeah. In what he or she is potentially. A specific form that these needs will take, um, these needs will take, will of course vary greatly from person to person. So they, so my point is very simply, what is an example? So there's an example here. Um, in the Google lookup, it talks about a musician. A musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write, if he is to be ultimately happy, right? So if someone has a, for example, a passion about um, playing the harp, okay? And they know that it's in there and it's in their DNA, whatever you want to call it, they must play the harp because otherwise, they, when they look back, they have regret. And that's what I think the whole point is. So understanding the subconscious mind is about knowing that I have the power and potential to direct this conversation in any direction that I want to. So yeah. that's how I learned it. So anyway, I'm here with Susanna, and she was one of our former persons behind the fashion. She and I didn't actually ever meet in person. However, she was in Cairo, and she came up on my potential friends list, and I was like, this girl looks cool. <laughs> yeah, and you know, distance is an illusion, so you're always connected. That's right. So she's been studying um, this thing, subconscious mind, for a while in many different uh, right. genres, disciplines, whatever you want to call it. And so tell us a little bit about how, like, what is your thinking in general about the subconscious mind and well is, by the way i'm in chicago you are in jelina in slovakia that's a small city on north yeah. uh it's a really nice city and i got there back to live there after i left to egypt for two years and before i was living in bratislava which was capital but then i left of course because i wasn't able to rent the flat if i'm out and now i'm back in my parents home for a while uh, at this point i was already supposed to be in egypt and expanding a bit but you know there is always a reason for what is happening how it's happening so it is what it is and I'm home but I can say like a lot of nice things are unfolding as well here so I just follow the guidance you know exactly well I think you know like it's I, I think of it as it's raining coronavirus all over and we have to like dodge them <laughs> yeah <laughs> and become our own source you know because uh, there is lots of insecurity going on and many it's being reflected on many people and that's what's actually triggering this kind of hunger for more knowledge or understanding yourself in times of confusion and self-contemplation yeah yeah so Susanna chose the topic about understanding the subconscious mind 
So tell us a little bit about your background and, and why you chose your topic. Yeah, uh, I've been always interested in any kind of knowledge and especially about how human mind and how the whole design, amazing design called human body and human mind works. And it just started like very naturally that I started reading books. But you know, one thing is when you read them and another thing is when you um, experience them. So yeah, I got to a book called Secret when I was 15 and yeah, I found it out that thought is an energy. And then, oh, wow, you have to do some manifestations and some mantras, and then you will attract whatever red Ferrari, right? That's yeah. what I tell you there. But it not usually works like that because there is much deeper under this issue. So it's not just like, okay, I will decide energy is a thought, right? Then I will attract the red Ferrari. So before you want to attract, you really must resonate with it. So that's the whole experience when you start unfolding your lots of blockages that you have in your system that you that were like a snowball coming with you from early childhood or i would i would say even from womb as you are in a child in a womb mm -hmm. it, it starts to shape you and because everything as tesla would said is energy he said that if you want to understand the universe uh think of terms frequency energy and vibration so it was mm -hmm. really true interesting we have a couple of comments already from uh, Rahma Ali in Egypt. You know who that hey is? Guys. Oh, Egypt, my homeland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know this person, um, but is it a male or a woman? Uh, okay, I'm reading that right now. Yeah. yeah. Hi. That's, not, that's a very good question. I already read it because this is actually what. I'm kind of like direct to the conversation already or had lots of thoughts about it in my mind because uh -huh. this is exactly the hot topic about our shadow side which is that hidden part usually the shadow side aspects reside in our subconscious mind and I didn't really realize it like I always knew there is some kind of concept like okay consciousness and mind and ego and subconsciousness and what is the difference but you really start to live it when you um, start to experience it, you know. Before I knew, okay, there is energy, there is this, we meet our pe our people as a mirrors. But when you start to really experience harsh lessons uh, that pushes you and you see how um, your limited beliefs are really reflecting outwards in your reality, mm -hmm. that you, for example, these subconscious beliefs can really override your conscious intentions. So it can guide you to a certain path that you didn't want to enter and of course it's a part of the process until you will shine that light of awareness to that issue because many people live in these cycles like you said the without the self-realization always being in that victim mentality always trying to blame it on other things and not seeing that it's just things that are happening to them are the same things that are resonating with what they believe in mm -hmm. right yeah so let me ask you a question from your point of view and understanding the subconscious mind. Is that something that is hidden from us or something that we have access to? Uh, until like we're of the conscious, like it's under like water or it's under like something yeah. under the Yeah, That's a very good question because it's hidden from us until we realize there are ways how to access mm -hmm. it, I would say. So when you imagine subconsciousness, it's like a vast collection, like a data bank of all our 
beliefs, our skills, everything that we experience. So for example, we might not something remember by our brain and then we therefore we think, oh, we forgot it. It doesn't have impact on us. For example, certain childhood memories, but it has. The subconscious mind has no logic. So it literally, um, how would I describe it? I think always in imaginations. So it's sometimes hard to put it to words, but it sucks in everything like a sponge not uh, being able to divide this is right, this is wrong, this was not true because this person wasn't uh, acting to you in a way she was supposed to act. So we take everything of these things personally and we suck it inside our system and then it resides there until we realize and we are living in this self-limiting beliefs often. Now I'm focusing on the shadow side as um, Rahma wanted to say. So it really stores everything. It's like a it's 90 or 90 percent, 95 percent of our beliefs and of our everything that we do. So conscious mind is really much smaller. It's like the top of that glacier. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it records basically everything. Yeah, it records everything. I, you know, like one of the ways that I had learned was like, OK, so we have this amazing thing called the brain, right? Yeah. And so the brain records everything like you were saying, you know, it's like we have infinite capacity to store everything experiences everything we see here smell taste all of the senses goes in there and it i mean it's kind of like mind-boggling right so right the the interesting thing was that when i when i was kind of like growing up in my you know early late 20s early 30s learning about this kind of stuff and the way that i learned it was that this subconscious thing was like a is like that little voice that's in our head all the time yeah and the way right. to listen to it was through meditation being quiet you mentioned you went out in nature the other day and you were being quiet so this is kind of a cool thing where we can go and, and listen to this voice and actually hear what it's saying but the the point is that it was kind of like the, the if we when we become aware of what that that voice is doing that conversation when it's on autopilot, so to speak, we don't know that we have um, the ability to control what it's saying. And when it's on autopilot and we're not really paying attention to it, then we get stuck in these self-limiting beliefs. And, yeah. you know, all these things that we had, you know, like when I was growing up, my mother always said, don't go outside without your shoes on. You're going to catch a cold. Yeah. You know, and this is very common. And so, you know, my, my, this was just like rolling around my head for a long time. And, and then exactly. later on, when I started questioning, like, wait a minute, what if that's not really true? So I would go outside and test it without shoes, you know, and I'd go in there and I would never get sick. I was like, there you go. Self-limiting belief. Yeah. That's amazing that already in that time you had access to it because, um, until we really don't see and don't have this knowledge, we start to identify with other with other belief about ourselves. So don't get me wrong, like I don't blame it, blame it on other people, but in our childhood, in a certain age, okay, imagine that till age of seven, your brain works mostly on a theta state, which is a state where you're really absorbing everything. It's like the state that you have before you go to bed and after you wake up. So it's that level when you take everything very seriously. And um, during my healing process, I realized there is so many aspects that I didn't remember that had a huge effect on me. 
uh, those inner child wounds. And it's really powerful how it can affect your whole life. Imagine that, that subconsciousness, it's like a gravitational hall that resonates on a cer certain frequency. Mm -hmm. And consciously you say, yeah, I want to create a beautiful life. I want this. I want a good partner. I want in my life peace and compatibility with everything. But your system uh, gives another frequency. So you feel like, yeah, I want it, but I don't feel it. I feel I, I'm unworthy. I feel I don't deserve it. I feel I have trust issues. And all these things, most of that stuff is stemming to our early childhood and our early adulting, like when we were, for example, mm. even 16, 15. But most of the stuff is from childhood that we didn't remember. And I started to find it out when I could have seen these things mirrored in my life. And I would be able to observe even my parents, for example, that I would be repeating their cycles of thinking. And it's not wrong. I don't blame my parents because they did what they could have done. It's always like that. They pass you mm. their best. So it's like a generational line where you take, you learn from your parents what they told you, then you give it to your kids until there will be that one conscious, aware human being that will break the cycle. And I could have yeah. seen how my life started to get this exactly the same pace as my mom and dad. And that's not, of course, they gave me so many huge, beautiful things. But at the same time, I started to see the unwanted belief systems, the fears, the blocks, all that kind of stuff, which is totally normal because, for example, they grew up in not an easy age, you know, it was communism, it was people had fear they're going to lose everything, you know, nothing was mm -hmm. certain. Right. So it's totally normal and it was passed on to their child and from their parents and grandparents. So you can clearly see this pattern and you could see that these people are basically triggering you and then i was like when i saw certain kind of aspect that for example my dad was doing in how he was dealing with people and he was for example emotionally closed off uh i said to myself i, I never want to do this i want to be open and vulnerable with people because this is you have to in order to have a flow and health inside of yourself you need to let everything flow inside and outside, receive and give the masculine and feminine balance of these polarities. But often it's hard because we closed ourselves off. If we had someone who was emotionally unavailable in our mm. life, like my father, for example, he was a huge authority for me, you will most likely attract, for example, emotionally unavailable people to your life or parents, sorry, <laughs> probably new parents, not, but um, people, friends, partners right mm -hmm. so i could have seen that pattern that i started to attract these kind of people and then i was like i i think i'm worthy of love so what's what the heck is going on mm -hmm. and often people fall into this um victim mentality like oh this is my destiny it's not good why is it like this probably i'm not worthy of love which is not true it's just about these beliefs that need to be self-limiting beliefs that need to be reprogrammed because they say what authorities or our parents tell us it becomes our inner voice yeah. and i could have observed it and those situations what was really not easy i would be attracting very toxic relations very toxic situations i had accident and lots of unlucky things in my life when i almost died you know and then you would see that you can fix this when it becomes conscious when you start to identify that this inner voice is not you that your call it however your soul your entity your heart your 
real authentic selves wants to get out wants to be itself but it has these blocks so even when i was a small child i would be feeling like wow i i feel that i want to feel this joy this passion this you know curiosity and joyfulness of a small child which every one of us should have even in adult when we are adults but it becomes the society really kind of like imprints this indoctrinations in, within ourselves that we start to lose ourselves and we start to lose ourselves what is going on what is these issues and these issues will be keep on repeating in your life until you will understand that this is a vicious cycle that you need to break and you cannot break it with the same behavior you basically have to break it with a different behavior so yeah. i know that yeah. all, all these things you can read in books and i have read it in books but until you will really start to feel it and experience it it's a it's a totally different um it's totally different experience when you will really start to feel that by changing these patterns you will start to attract your life completely different people situations opportunities like the people who are on your kind of vibe right mm -hmm. it's amazing it's amazing when you talk about breaking patterns yeah when when i was little i was um not taught to be an observer okay i was like just like everybody else so as a little kid which you're talking about that were influenced like i was like always watching my parents and that's like that's the way i needed to do it right so when i was younger from the ages of say you know five six seven through about 12 or 13 um what my father had learned from his father in terms of discipline his, his father was you know in world war one and they went through all the like you know you talked about the communism and stuff like that he, he was he grew up in italy and so there was lots of hardship there yeah and so the mentality that i that i later learned in life is that you know when times are hard you don't whine and complain so what our parents 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 did to stop that is like you know they would beat us right they would hit us and so when i was yeah. from like five six seven years old to about 13 my father learned what he learned from his father who learned from his father to beat his kids so we, that's exactly the pattern yeah. yeah and so then i thought when i grew up i mean i really thought that was normal that was in fact the way to discipline the kids so my this is how your mind functions and you cannot break the cycle you think this is normal how it works and you cannot see behind that cage or think outside the box so in my first marriage we had one son and guess what i started to do yeah, I was just disciplining him the way that I thought was the right thing. The to same do to him, right? Yeah. And then I later learned, I'm like, oh, you mean I don't have to continue that pattern because, you know, that type of discipline really doesn't work. It's very inhumane and, and you know, it's not good. Right. right. So there's when and then I learned it's like so then I I realized that, wait a minute, what I needed to do is to create guidelines for my children so that they knew that if they went outside this line, that there was going to be a consequence and i would just smile and say the consequence guys is you go to your room and that made such a bigger impact than the the spanking you know did for sure so and my you know my men one of my mentors was like you have to break the patterns you have to break the patterns you have to break the patterns because they're in that subconscious they're like they're going on automatic right and 
it's like the what I learned back to this triangle very quickly it's like these different levels of the self-actualization model the the survival part it's like when we're not aware of this conversation that's going on when it's running on automatic it's very much in survival mode so it'll do things it'll allow us it, it talks to us it makes us to do things that we would not do yeah. logically if we were aware of like like for example if I paid attention to the voice and the voice was saying, Dominic, you're stupid. You can't do this. This is not working. You can't have your own business because you didn't study management. Now, if I paid attention to that and let that automatic, automatic conversation run my life, well, I would never have a business mm -hmm. until I realized, wait a minute, I can observe the conversation, but I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to act from that. I can take different actions i was like oh yeah that's right <laughs> so that's kind of how i learned it and it it helped me to get beyond all this survival stuff so i began to like okay for example over here right this is just a mind map it's an example yeah and so i don't know if you can read it but it's like it's just a one-year model of what i use when i yeah my life. mine is not powerful yeah so it just shows different areas of my life that I began to like in, instead of letting them go in their own direction I began to direct exactly right so you know money recreation I mean I can't read them all they're all you know backwards but anyway that was what made the big difference so so the the model the self-actualization model at the top was all about potential it's not potential like out of thin air. No, it takes action. It you definitely takes action. Right. But the so, action, action is following of the conscious intention, you know. So many people do not see the difference between thinking and thinking because there is a conscious thinking when you are able to control that autopilot, letting thoughts flow, but still being able to direct them you know because we are never without thoughts we're human beings so we always get thoughts but it's about if you're able to speak to yourself from that observer's uh attitude from that observer's perspective because we all of us inside of us we have this inner child the wounded inner child that's those subconscious wounds that come from childhood you know for example it it doesn't have to be something like Oh, my mother was beating me and they were alcoholics. It doesn't have to be that extreme because it's going back to the topic that when we are a child, we take everything very extremely serious. So if someone tells you every day, you will be doing this, you will be doing that, it will become that inner voice. As an example, I could say my dad, he's coming from that kind of family where pushing hard, forcing was the way to do it because they were afraid to losing it. So having this grip tight, is sometimes good but sometimes it can be really self-destructive because often it's about flowing and not forcing if we are not able to let go of the desired outcome that's already law of attraction like you really wish something but if you will be wishing too much and pushing and constantly thinking that you will lose it then it will happen because what we focus on grows the universe or the law of attraction or call it however these frequencies they do not differentiate bad or good those are dualities right so if you focus on oh my god i need to do this i will lose it so what's gonna happen so often it's amazing to really 
push forward, have this vision, of course, do the small steps to have this balance between it. It's not like, okay, now I will do nothing because everything will fall down onto my head. It's not, it doesn't work like that. But at the yeah. same time, not push it too much because you will really lose it. So just letting go and focusing on self and step by step. And that's what I never knew how to do because I was learned, at, uh, taught since I was a kid that life is hard, life is bad, everything is evil outside. You need to push hard, otherwise everyone will make you lose your money and steal money from you. Right. So guess what? Then you will really start to believe it. And this ego would be really triggered, this self-protection or self-preservation mechanism, and you would be really not be able to just let things flow. And sometimes that's the way. Maybe it's also your experience that the destiny of you, many things are already... You just, they are already written. In Egypt, Egypt, there is a beautiful quote called Maktub, that some things are written, that if you're supposed to meet someone or happen something, it will really happen. No matter how you try, if you try to do not or yes, it will just happen. So back to the topic. <laughs> I would be really pushing myself hard and I would be having this, my dad's voice in my head always, because he was always like, you are good, but you should do this, 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 this. You, this is not good enough. And lots of cri criticism, which is sometimes good. The constructive critics is amazing. But if it's too much, it can really create within you this kind of inner voice that is like, oh my God, I haven't done enough. I have to push more. I have to push more. And this is a too much of masculine because masculine and feminine, uh, don't get me wrong, it's not about uh, gender. Everyone has within these polarities. Even in ancient Tao, they knew it's like yin and yang, you know. The mm -hmm. polarity must come to balance. So masculine, that's that force that is analytical. It's all about that action, all about doing, um, being that warrior. But even women or female, this feminine um, archetype within you is warrior but a different warrior it's like a soft strength it's like being able to receive to rest knowing and sitting there in silence that these things i've done enough i don't have to do more and still have this inner voice oh i didn't do enough because things will come to you that a certainty of that self-worth and that's what i didn't have so i was always like man i'm i'm doing so much in so many fields and I look at the mirror and I know that I deserve these things. I'm not stupid. I'm, I'm not uh, ugly. But things were going against, you know, against me. And I was like, why is it like that? It's because sometimes when we push too much towards something, with that effort, when we really are not in a state of like flow and relaxation and that kind of zen, when you know that right things will unfold, that's when these things happen that we literally push it away from ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it took me really a while to have this compassion with me, to talk to your inner child, which everyone has, and say, so Susanna, why do you think that it really helps? You know, sometimes people would think I'm crazy because I'll be walking in a forest and you meet someone and you're talking to yourself, but it's amazing technique where you really put yourself, because power of voice is also vibration, it's powerful, where you would put yourself to that state that you are observer and you have this inner child that needs compassion, that needs validation, because this is that pattern. There is many archetypes of these inner child wounds. For example, if our needs w were not validated during our childhood, it doesn't have to be that parents didn't care. They just didn't have time or they didn't 
they were not able to understand you emotionally, especially these works for empaths or people who are very sensitive. And if you are not validated or they tell you, oh, you should be different, you shouldn't do this and that, don't be that loud, it really blocks your creative energy and it blocks your ability to express yourself. And if they were not emotionally unavailable, you will take this wound with yourself and you will keep on attracting the situation or people that will be mirroring this to you until you will really start to see and resolve it. And this goes back to holistic healing because everyone, every human being is different. So everyone needs a different attitude for me because there was this question how to work with it. It's never just one thing, you know, it's always so I had to search through many ways how to do it. But definitely first way is to realize and start to work with your self-love and self-worth because this abandoned inner child or rejected inner child always seeks validation outside. Like mm -hmm. what you didn't get when you was child, you seek it through other relationships and situation outside. And I could have seen it on myself that many things you don't even realize it's happening. It's like this, you know, vicious cycle that is just happening and you think this is the way I am. But when you start to think about it and solve it, I see like, wow, this it's sometimes it can be perfectly masked that within all those, you know, masks that you wear, wow, there is a need for validation. There is a need to find love from other, you know, I, and I don't mean just like romantic love. It's like this kind of approval from mm -hmm. others. And that's okay. so many patterns. I can see it in so many people. So then I realized like, it cannot go like this. You will seek another partner, another. You have to really find it within you because you will attract. It's like you will the frequencies uh, respond to resonant oscillation. So if you will be in this low self-worth feeling like you don't deserve love and the other person will feel this cup, guess what you will experience? You will experience the person who will push you back to yourself, back to within. So. When I consciously, through many techniques, started to work on lots of things that I wouldn't even plan to do. It's not like I had this kind of journey planned. It just, you know, you awake to it in a certain right time or divine timing. Let's call it like that. Because I had this path following ego, you know, the normal path. And then certain things would start to be happening. And you just have to follow through and work with it. Like, oh, my, oh, man, I'm already too deep in this. I just have to continue because otherwise it would become just crazy and chaos so bringing that order to chaos you know through the self-realization yeah it's interesting and i had it described to me um this whole thing about like okay so if i'm wanting to have approval and all this other stuff the the way that uh I said it described to me it was, it's a little bit off the beaten path however it does make sense and it, it, it continues to make sense in my head. Let me see if I can explain it. So it's like, okay, so if we are at this place in our life where we are, you know, like not feeling fulfilled, we feel insecure, um, you know, we, our self-concept is, you know, not great, our self-esteem is not the best, and we're, we're like, we're feeling, you know, insecure, less than. So it's kind of like then what I do is I reach out to people from a needy place and I need to have the approval Neediness. for all yeah. these things, right? Except that what we don't really look at is like look in the mirror and say, okay, so what are you doing 
or not doing in your life that is causing you to feel less than your you know potential if i'm not reaching for that ideal potential then i will inevitably like have this conversation in my head like dominic you're not good enough you're not doing what you know you need to do yeah so he talked the guy talked about it from this point of view that that it's like we are um it's like we are in in the survival thing is like we're in the jungle okay it's a leftover from the jungle okay so thinking about from from an evolutionary standpoint you know if we look at it from the jungle perspective and like animals in the jungle right in the forest what have you they're they're all about survival okay yeah so the survival thing is that very much connected with ego ego as our uh, ego is basically self-constructed belief about ourselves, and it's trying to protect us from pain or from hurt from emotions so basically it always kind of try to push us away from feeling these emotions and often actually feeling and allowing yourself to feel these emotions is a way how you can release them and you know shift in your consciousness mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's, it's like it's a shift so it's the shift in terms of me becoming aware of what's really going on so this whole jungle concept thing was like okay so what do animals what are they what are they trying to prevent more than anything right in the forest and in the jungle and in the trees and you know that's so we're surrounded by it right so the, the question is what are we trying to prevent from happening is if we're trying to prevent being eaten right so the 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 animal instincts in us as human beings is not about being eaten it's more about being um found out it's more about being exposed what being are we vulnerable okay we call it vulnerable right but what don't i want like at a at a subconscious mind level what don't i want people to know about me and you can think about that from your point of view and so what i don't want people to know about me is that i'm not living up to my potential so like yeah. my big responsibility in my life to Dominic is to take care of this thing called my body. And when you look at the big picture, it's like, yeah, we all have that number one responsibility. And if we don't take care of this thing, it doesn't matter if you have money or cars or a hundred girlfriends or a thousand boyfriends or whatever, it doesn't, it's all meaningless. Right? Of course. So, so this is our number one thing. And what I don't want people to find out about me is that I'm not taking care of this and I'm not handling, you know, these things in my life. So what I do is I cover it up just like animals in the jungle do. They yeah. camouflage. It becomes right? layers and layers and layers. Exactly. So it's all about covering up what I don't want people to know about me. But when we begin to observe not only ourselves but other people, you see very easily that they're covering up the fact that they don't feel good about themselves because they're not doing what they need to the exercise they're not eating healthy there's allowing themselves to not sleep they're worrying about things and all this stuff is going on they're way and they're covering it up by you know wearing uh makeup and wearing power ties and wearing yeah. gucci clothes and the gucci yes, belts exactly. and all this stuff and it's a big facade so I'm not, it's just, it's really interesting. 
yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong to um, wear beautiful clothes, have cars, or something like that. Of course, that's right. sometimes always good, you know, to to pursue your passion and to feel good about yourself. But I I could see that more more people have these limiting limiting beliefs, more they tend to numb themselves or cover it up. Like for example, um, if you are not if you're trying to not face your emotions, you would be basically numbing yourself. And it's always excess of something, excess of I need to drink a lot, using drugs, too much food, too much sex. So you're basically really trying to escape from yourself. And that's what I was also doing that not in this kind of ways, of course, but I had I did in many aspects, like trying to find my word in certain kind of groups or traveling and escaping from my reality and from my country or as well exercising too much, not listening to my body, which was very bad because that's the first step of healing, like self-care and respecting the sacred temple, which is our body to, you know, I was doing all these crazy diets and then, you know, getting uh, slimmed and getting fat and all that stress. And stress is the worst vibration. If you operate from fear, fear-based vibration and stress, that's what you will attract to your life. So I could have seen it during quarantine, like, I'm not saying, of course, it hit me as well. And now I'm not talking about financial way, but uh, I always have something to do, like to study, to improve yourself, because I'm trying to really find uh, this thing within, you know, like trying to really fulfill yourself within. And that's the, even ancient Egyptians knew that. That's the proverb they said, like, as within, so without. So it really is a quantum physics that what you create within yourself, if you change your inner reality, it will reflect outwards. And I could mm -hmm. have really seen it on myself that many people had like nothing to do. There was quarantine and oh my God, uh, because they were just always needing to go somewhere, needing to go drink, needing to do this, that, some events. And that's not wrong at all. I love it. I love socializing. But there is this. there should be this balance where in the stillness you are really able to see lots of things about yourself mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> it's interesting this is a pretty big topic isn't it it's such a big topic that you could discuss it for uh, for a very long a time long very long time you know I, I love it what you're saying everything is, is definitely we're like we're parallel it's just a little bit different which is to me is wonderful like so for me I always look at it in terms of what Dominic can control. What control do I have, right? Like this beautiful word called responsibility. And I talk about this yeah. all the time. Responsibility. Responsibility. And, you know, the, the word is actually beautiful because when you turn it around and you say it a different way, it means ability to ability respond. Ability to respond. Which That's means, I mean, the question that I ask people all the time is, okay, do you in fact, have the ability to respond to anything at any time, in any way, in any situation, always. And the truth is, yes, you can't hide from it. It's, an, it's like in our DNA. We have the ability to respond. We can go, ah, or we can go, oh, you know, become curious about it. And so to me, it's about me having the ability to respond like for example 
people say a lot, Dominic, I don't have the money. 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 And this is this thing playing in their head. And it's what, like what you're saying. It's like this old programming that we have from our childhood that, you know, like we, we can't, we just don't know how to do it. It's not, we're not good enough. Um, you know, we don't have a plan and blah, 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 blah. No, it's about action. So if I'm going to take charge of my money situation, then I will come up with a plan. That's why I love mind maps, because that way it gives me the control to like take all this like, oh, what's going on in my brain and put it up so I can look at it and then take it down into small pieces and go, okay, I can do that today and I can do that this afternoon and I can do that this afternoon. And the next thing you know, over you know, a short period of time, all of a sudden, things become to begin to manifest into reality, and things begin to happen. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, money! That was easy. You know, I could <laughs> compare the. Out. I could compare the law of attraction, like when you are trying to uh, order something, and you order something, and you're expecting del delivery, right? Yeah. You're sure that it's gonna. You, it's gonna arrive right so you don't think about it you're not trying to oh this television it's not gonna come so this is the same with law of attraction or the frequency like once you put out there this manifestation it's gonna come and if it's not coming that means it's not meant for you yet or you're not ready yet because like i said this storage of subconscious wounds it's it's even greater than just it doesn't go just to the family or your parents, you take into your DNA even like the generational karma, the generational issues. If there was a lot of fear in the family, you it would be even trans like transmitted to you to your body in, uh, for example, a weak kidneys because kidneys are connected with fear, and that's where we tap into already different thing, which is Tao, which is an ancient Chinese uh, huge beautiful system that works with cycles of nature of human body of meridians of our energetic channels and glands and it knows very well that emotions are connected to our organs so we can you say like okay that was not the fault of my emotions that i'm sick i took it from my parents but if you would be tracking this issue like up there you would find out that for example my family had lots of issues with kidneys which is connected with fear and anxiety because our grand-grandparents were living in a really huge unsafe times where there was like a war and they had to protect themselves and they were literally whole life shrinking those kidneys due to stress and that's how it was like transmitted and so i could have observed that there is a lot of fear like flowing in our family and relationships so it's it's really connected you know like body is our gate gate to our subconscious so each pain we have of course there are pains that were created by some kind of injury and yeah. stuff like that but when you really dive deep into this topic it's so powerful that you see how these organs and these problems are connected with emotions each each um, different emotion is stored in certain organ and by power not just of nutrition or herbs or what kind of medicine you're able to really change it by power of your mind like in my childhood i had really really weak kidneys i was almost having one removed and now they are functioning fully and for example strong kidneys are very important for it's not just a kidney that works uh, like for one thing it's for example 
it uh, fulfills the function of joints, of meridians of kidneys, of uh, it's like a li our life force. It's like a candle, mm -hmm. burning candle when we are being born. So if kidneys are weak, basically our willpower in our life is weak. And I could have seen it like when I was able to, through different practices, increase the power of my kidneys, you would be able to have more of this motivation. So everything in this beautiful design human body is is very precious and very connected and uh, i could connect it as well to this shadow aspect work for example when i was in egypt that was working with technologies uh, those are biomagnetic uh, technologies that can scan uh, on your frequency your toxins in your body your organs your meridians your subconscious beliefs your brain and it's powerful how it works that it would simulate the electromagnetic wave of each meridian and the matching frequencies you could be able to see according to this weak meridian which is connected to the organ which of your subconscious beliefs are connected to these weak organs for example uh liver is connected with anger so there is a lot of this, it would have like thousands of libraries of these limiting beliefs that your subconsciousness operates on and it would generate them. For example, someone would have 30 some kind of sentences or, and these things are basically being replaced by positive affirmations, which mm -hmm. also resonate on certain frequency, on higher frequency. You know that if the whole universe is basically working on frequency and the power of healing balls yeah. or or uh, power of sound and voice and light so after this scanning and realizing the power of which belief is stronger which is not that strong you would be able to replace it by automatically by positive affirmation for example i am in resistance with changing of directions and the positive affirmation which would be a replacement of the self-limiting belief would be I flow through life with ease and grace, for example. Mm -hmm. And there would be a treatment where you would be listening to this subconscious, uh, it's called binaural beats, uh, and it would be on certain frequency, for example, 432 four, hertz, it's a frequency of heart, and so on, of heart chakra. Mm -hmm. And you would be listening to it before you go to sleep and after you wake up. Why? Because as we already thought previously, uh your brain in that time works on certain kind of different frequency which is theta wave when you are able to store it and take it in much more powerfully and these positive affirmations would be very on a low voice why because it's trying to bypass the conscious mind if you would be listening to it you know like oh I am happy, I flow with the great direction, I'm open to relations. What would happen? Your conscious mind would be start to create these narratives. Oh, that's not true. It's not like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why it bypasses the conscious mind, so it goes straight to subconsciousness. And I would be doing this, for example, in the beginning for 21 days, and you could really be able to see the differences. And of course, that's not just one technique. That would be like a helping, I call it like a tool Everything is just a tool. In the end, you're always being sent uh, back to yourself. Like they say, mm. the greatest feature in your life is will send you back to yourself. So, yeah, you could see how you can really rewrite these patterns and how is it connecting with through these meridians with organs. 
Like mm. I said, every organ stores different emotions. Lungs are connected with sadness and depression. The heart is connected with impatience and hate. Uh, liver is connected with uh, worthiness and with worries and so on. That's so, it's interesting. Here's a question from uh, Rahma again. Okay, um, I've been told I need to give the internet connection back. So. <laughs> I'm gonna. I have to disconnect it because my wife needs the the cable. We're sharing a cable because the, the okay Wi-Fi. Um, but the 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 question is: Can you advise how obesity is related to what you're saying? What emotions are associated with that? Um, I, I'll give the the thirty second my thirty second answer, and then I'll let you answer while I take the cable. So it's, for me, it's a very practical matter. And so, like obesity to me, I've I've never been obese, so I don't really know like experientially i've lost weight here and there what i tell people is start to study do the youtubes get your mindset into like gear about that you can make this thing happen and then begin to make some changes in your diet your nutrition and your metabolism which is like exercise so you can burn more calories eat less eat the right ones more healthier foods like that i don't know about from the emotional perspective but you can probably talk about that a little bit better. Yeah. Let me make sure I have this cable. So I can talk or is it going to be disconnected? I don't think it's going to disconnect because let me just test it here. <clears throat> it's connected there. I'm trying to change from from uh, Ethernet to Wi-Fi. And it'll, it should just go back. It should just go right to it. So if I lose it, if we lose it, we'll just hang up. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but I've got to, I've got to give the thing back. So, give me a second. Here we go. Okay. Still working. It's still working. All right. I'll be right back. Talk about your, your. Yeah. Okay, Rahma. Um. Dominic mentioned the really amazing points, which I think everyone would go after. But for example, I have a friend in Egypt who is a nutrition coach, but she goes deeper to emotional aspects, which I believe it's always emotional aspect and acceptance on our, of our body. I could have observed it on myself. So generally obesity, of course, you can um, have it from your parents, from your family. But again, if we track it in where it began, where in this family line it was uh, created, it goes basically to fear. Obesity is connected with the survival mode when we were, I don't know, these ancestors, when we're hunting uh, the wild animals. Basically, body always gains the fat when it tries to protect itself. That's, I know it's a very complex topic and it can be break down, broken down much, much deeper. But basically, I could have seen it on myself. More fear I had, less of uh, self-acceptance of my body I had and less of this confidence or self-trust in myself. I would be gaining more and more weight. More I would be starting to feel confident and less fear about whatever is that, about my life circumstances, fear of being rejected of abandonment more i would be starting to accept my body more it would be getting basically to optimal balance 
and there is really really many subtopics with, with within this within uh, controlling our weight because I believe and I could have seen it I would be having like a huge diet you know lots of salads and I'm like I'm not losing weight what the hell is going on it's always in our mind if we eat and if we are toxic in our mind we can eat salads we can be super healthy and it's not working so I think it sounds very simple but sometimes it's really that simple to try to have not these self-blaming uh, guilty thoughts about like you eat something oh my god what did i eat again and more and more you have this more and more you will your body will suffer more and more you will start to listen not your brain because brain always wants what sugar unhealthy things it's totally normal it takes a while to get out of this vicious circle when you are really addicted to sugars and all the unhealthy things processed foods I've been to Egypt, so I know what it is to try to find healthy food, although it's getting better now. But I would be seeing sometimes that I would be not following diet for several weeks or days, and I would be really feeling like a joy, feeling like I can express my authentic self. I can really eat without this kind of guilt, which is, of course, not easy. It takes a while, like I said, from this present of now, not like reactive mind, but being trying to observe this this mechanism within you i would be feeling like wow I'm, I'm i'm not gaining weight why like i was eating the worst processed foods so it's often about how we feel within about ourselves what we deeply believe and feel and to listen to what our body needs because sometimes we just listen to our brain oh you need this and you just need a sugar but sometimes if you ask yourself and especially that you can do it when you do some kind of meditation or practice or when you're just somewhere calm in the nature, you'd find out that it's like things that you would never expect. Sometimes my my body needs some weird things to eat, like some kind of vegetable or carbs or whatever, and you would feel so amazing after that. So it's, it's of course, about this discipline, about the diet and exercising, but often it can be a huge trap and it took me a while to get out of this trap of feeling like oh my god today i missed exercise and now i'm gonna gain fat and you know it's a typical kind of mindset that you stuck in and you realize like you're not enjoying life like you're not even able to go out without uh, eating in a normal restaurant right yeah. so yeah. i think it's always about finding that center or that balance between self-discipline that self-discipline with kindness with compassion to self and in the same time being able to free your mind to be a little bit not like that grip like we we're talking about oh my god i'm gonna get fat so then you will more you worry more they say in tao where qi flows um qi is energy in uh, ancient chinese medicine so where your attention goes there qi flows so if you will be focusing you will create more of it and it really sounds like a cliche but i could really um discover that it's true and many different factors go to play even like how your parents were raising you your upbringing how they were teaching you about food and all the things it's all about authority figures we had in our lives our teachers our close friends during this very sensitive area of our life so for me especially now the in the process of healing but i think the worst is behind me uh you would be having these reminders in your dreams or through different kind of realizations and aha moments of these people that it were not just parents it was it's the cultural beliefs you even take up on collective uh, consciousness the collective beliefs you know 
what's in your um, area, in your geographical area, in religious beliefs. So many, many factors come into play and it takes um, a while to, to find out and to dig deeper. But what I can promise, I don't usually promise, but this, um, this deep inner work or digging or call it however, it brings its fruit. And then you will have the moments when you will feel like, wow, like my soul is free. Like I'm, I'm enjoying life and not in a way like I'm uh, basing it on, on the external happiness. If one always puts like external circumstances as the source of the happiness, you will always come to this wall, like boom, boom. Oh, this person will bring me happiness. Oh, when I will get perfect uh, body or when I will reach this, I always got stuck when I got to this mentality and it seems easy like, okay, be happy right now and here and you're not in that place now. You're maybe without money, you're not having the partner that you wish, but I really got fall to the bottom where I was rejected. It's not really rejection in the universe, universal laws, even ancient Egyptian God called Hermes knew that rejection is a redirection. You know, it's always showing you and uh, mirroring you aspects about yourself. So when you're in this level, you find like, wow, I need to recreate, recreate my inner reality. And then things start to shift. And then you will find a person that you will not be codependent with, that you will not be codependent of that. You will start to more enjoy the journey more than the destination. Because many times like, oh, I will be happy when I reach this. And then I reach this and I'm like, oh my God, like, and now what? Like, I'm not feeling anything anymore. What's and next? The next and then the next yeah. Then, yeah. Like, I feel like I have I to like get, I have everything to get everything handled, handled in order to feel okay, which is really not true. It's right about the journey because every day you wake up, every moment is a new journey. And, you know. So and it anyway, sounds. Wow. <clears throat> We've been on for an hour and five minutes. Wow, it doesn't seem so. No, but I think that we should end because you know there's hundred percent. Yeah, too so many informations. We, <laughs> absolutely, we thank you, Rama, for being on and for asking your questions and for your. Thank comments. you for your thank honesty. You so I appreciate vulnerable and authentic people. Absolutely. So okay, so um, we will choose another topic, or we will continue with this one. Obviously, uh, we can talk for a long time about the subconscious mind. And just to do a little recap, I mean, again, from my perspective, very simply, the subconscious mind is that conversation that goes on in my head that I, when I pay attention to it, I can very easily direct it to wherever I want it to go. If I'm not paying attention to it, it goes on autopilot and it kind of like goes in any direction and reverts back to all my old learned uh, patterns of things that, you know, that, that right. hold me self-limitations like that. So I need to pay attention to that. And my solution that has worked for me for many years, very simply, is to do meditation. And uh, what I was taught, very simply, is not about like trying to calm myself. Um, that is a, a, a method, you know, like that for stress like that. But if I wanted to pay attention to the conversation is to just sit quietly, close my eyes, set a timer, and then just pay attention to the conversation and watch it go by without judgment. Yeah. And then notice when it goes off in a direction like, you know, pizza. And then it goes <laughs> over here. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, okay, work. And then it goes in that direction. You know, 
it's like, okay, fine, just pay attention to the conversation and see what it's saying so that when we're doing our daily stuff in life and we begin to hear that pattern that comes up, we can say, ah, 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 stay over here, you know. It's a real, yeah. like I said, practical thing for me. So that's the, to me, the subconscious mind, paying attention to that conversation. Yeah, I would only add on the last thing that uh, if you want to know more about techniques, maybe we can discuss it in another, um, because it's a really vast topic. So now I was talking more about the mechanism because you cannot really work with something when you don't understand the mechanism of that. And there is really many ways how to do the shadow work, how to transform the, your own darkness, how you how to own your ugly, which is totally normal, because that's that was actually the ancient alchemy that uh, the transforming into gold was just a metaphorical way, and they would say the darkness, transforming darkness into the light, means embodying light. That is the real warrior aspect. So basically, there is many ways. For example, for me, what helps is qigong and tai chi, which is a meditative movement, and not just that. It's like ancient Chinese technique that really open your channels, your glands. It works with your meridians and basically really activates your body and can really push out a lot of subconscious beliefs out of that. And it brings you to this um, now present moment, the now moment where you are able to, uh, like you said, analyze without judgment, being in your higher consciousness state where you're really able to get these higher perspective ideas and all that. So there is many ways, not just working with your uh, subliminal beats, uh, qigong, uh, meditative movement, dancing. Everyone is different, and everyone needs different kind of thing. With me, it was always a workshop about... for us, aren't you? Hmm. You're gonna do a workshop for us. Would be great because I would really love to get more to practicality. Yeah. So okay, great. This is about the why, why it's important. And we can see very simply is that why it's important is because yeah. we want to manifest things in our life that we want. And we can do that by working with the subconscious mind. So we will do the how part in a workshop and uh, Susanna can lead us through the, the mechanisms, the mecha mechanics yeah. of that. I'm much better in that. I'm much better in practice or action than talking about it because sometimes it's really hard to grab this uh wealthy reality to the words yeah and everybody wants to know how to do it so that they can manifest it in in their right. lives so but anyway thank you so much for joining I think me. it was cool very cool you're just like i can just sit here it's like watching a movie Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, really interesting. so anyway all right well we'll set up another time and we'll make an announcement and um and then we'll put together a workshop and We'll make it happen. 100%. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching us here at the Self Achievement Network. Thank you to, whoops, Susanna for <laughs> all your wisdom and knowledge and sharing. Yeah. <laughs> so, see you next time. Have fun. Be well. You too. I'm inspired. Thank you guys for listening. Anyone who got far here, it means you're here for a reason. <laughs> That's right. It's the big reason. Okay, bye.